Very simply, I'm going to be talking about receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Luke 11, beginning with verse 11, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So, how do you posture yourself to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, to receive the baptism that John the Baptist prophesied first and Jesus picked up the prophecy and repeated it? How, how do you do that? Well, that's, that's what we read this text for. And very, very simply, this text just says, ask your father. You say, well, that's simpler than I wanted it, okay? <laughs> I can complicate anything simple. You know, just, just let me add it, and I can mess it up. But uh, really, I'm not going to mess this up. I do want to open the door today. By the way, if you're not walking with the Lord, if you don't live your life for Jesus Christ, today is a perfect day for you to begin that walk. And though I'm going to be talking about this gift from God, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I want you to know that the most important gift from God is His Son, Jesus Christ. And it's spoken of like this, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting life, that's a big deal. You can have that beginning now. And our missionary, one of them, quoted, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That is an incredible promise. So that if you're not walking with the Lord today, begin to set your heart up. And it may be really scary because you may think Christians are weird. And I just want to say this about Christians. They're not any weirder than anybody else. So get over that, because you're going to be weird in some way, probably, to someone, that's for sure. So you might as well be a weird Christian. I mean, if everybody's weird, everybody's normal until you get to know them. Did you read the book? So just get your heart, begin to get your heart ready, because the Lord Jesus is available today to change you, to come into you, and take a permanent residence in your life and, boy, he is good. He is good. Now, <clears throat> this text on the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, addresses two fears. It's been really, really interesting through the years that when, when the baptism of the Holy Spirit began to be taught and uh, the, the initial physical evidence that that's the first outward sign initial physical, first outward sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. And that's measurable. You either are you're either a tongues talker or you're not. That's measurable, okay? So here's the deal. When people 
who love God begin to hear there's more and it was connected with speaking in tongues they had to do something with the tongues thing either accept it or do something with it and they know their they know their hearts they know they love God but they were not willing to become a as it were tongues talker so they said many different things and one of them the denomination from which my grandfather was kicked out out of which is the correct structure there for that sentence out of which my maternal grandfather was kicked when he was baptized in the holy spirit he he pastored first blank church in wichita falls texas and a good church holiness church came in speaking in tongues from an experience over here promptly got defrocked so so if you're not going to do that and that particular denomination wrote into their doctrines that speaking in tongues is of the devil now that's the only denomination i know that wrote that in their doctrine it was really interesting uh a few years ago i was in touch with their their headquarters and these are some of the finest people finest christians on the face of the earth and I knew a bunch of them had spent time in prayer with a bunch of them across the city uh, through the years. Uh, you know, the president of their seminary, the dean of their seminary, uh, their uh, general president or superintendent, whatever they call him, of, of the international church. Uh, a friend of mine, we've spent time in prayer together, good people. So they were going to get that particular line out of their doctrine didn't get it out it didn't pass it's still of the devil in that church now because you have it written in your church rules does not mean that it is doctrine okay and this this scripture deals with that head on it says you bunch of ne'er-do-wells is that is that a little kinder than jerks I, I anyway you bunch of losers even you with your kids give them good gifts when they ask for it how much more will your heavenly father give the blank spirit what spirit is this holy we're not talking about a demon here. So if you want to be protected from demonic activity, be asking the Heavenly Father for the Holy Spirit because the only spirit you can get is the Holy Spirit. Did you, did you follow that? Is that what that says? How much more will your Father, listen, when you have your Father in charge of what's going on, in your world hallelujah i mean the thief may try to come in but the thief was clobbered at the empty tomb and we're kind of in good shape if we just want to take our stand in the resurrection of jesus christ now remember that so the enemy if, and you may never have heard about this of the devil business i hope so because it it's so spurious it's just false but if you have heard of it Question it. Look at that scripture and see what it says. You 
Though you're evil, know how to give good gifts for your kids. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? The next thing that it addresses here, you see, that's the snake, which is a picture of demons in Scripture, uh, especially in the ministry of Jesus. He, he equated those things as one in more than one place. <clears throat> the second thing here is scorpion. And what that represents is I could be stung by my own desire and just make up the words of tongues. And I think that everyone who has ever spoken in tongues has probably been hit by the enemy with this thing. I'm just making that up. Anybody that speaks in tongues not ever hear that in your own heart? I'm just making this, anybody. I have never met anyone that says, nope, I haven't faced that one yet. Because we just all have to say, no, I would not do that. I'm too serious about this business of God. I want what God has, not what I have. And the Holy Spirit did that. And I spoke it. And that brings us to the second part of this which is uh, the principle of the divine human cooperation. Here is the deal. In the work of God, God speaks and give, gives direction, and people have to act. Follow? There, there are a jillion illustrations in Scripture. Peter walking on the water. We will return to him in a minute. Jesus was walking on the water. And middle of the night, and they, they were frightened out of their minds out in the middle of the lake, and somebody comes walking across the waves. That's not, that's not your everyday occurrence. And they took it, if it's strange and new, it's dangerous, and they freaked out. So Jesus had to comfort them, and Peter said, I love this so much. He said, if this is really you, Jesus... Tell me to come to you on the water. He says, come on. And Peter got out of the boat and walked water. Yes, he did. He didn't do it flawlessly, but you don't have to be flawless if you're walking with Jesus because he's there to get you by the hand. He walked on water, but he had to walk. We'll, re- we'll return to that thought in just a moment. Jesus in John the ninth chapter healed a, a blind man and uh, it's kind of an interesting process which I won't give the details but the guy had to go and wash his face in the pool of Siloam. Blind guy. When he washed he was healed. Okay this is the principle of divine human cooperation. There was a man in the synagogue with a withered hand. And the Pharisees hated the fact that Jesus would, would do any spiritual work on the Sabbath. And that was the only thing they could find wrong with him. If they could catch him doing anything wrong. And the only thing he did was he, just, he didn't honor the Sabbath the way they thought you should. So this guy has this hand and it was paralyzed and it was not, it didn't work. 
And they were all watching to see if Jesus would heal on the Sabbath, and Jesus did. And he said, stand up. If the guy had not stood up, he wouldn't have been healed. So he stood up. And Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. And he didn't say withered hand. And I, some of you have been to Bible school, and you know the old joke that this guy's got a hand that's like this, and, and uh, stretched forth his his other hand, and it, it got like that too. But that's, that's so irreverent. You, now you know how our Bible schools are. But anyway, that's not, that's not the only thing about them, but that's one of the things. You no doubt heard that. Lord, make, Lord, make my hand like this, and he's like, Choo! but anyway, uh, ignore that stuff. <laughs> so this guy, so this guy stretched out his hand, and it it worked. It went out just like that. He had never extended his digits in that fashion. They had never been like that. And he could grip. And you can see him walking around with his hand up in the air doing this. What's he doing? No, this is not a new form of sign language. This is the glory to God. But he had to, he had to stand and he had to stretch out his hand. You said, I can do that. Okay, good. Uh, the blessings of God are for you if you can act in obedience to the Lord. We could go on and on. Uh, the, the ten lepers that Jesus healed, he said, you're healed. Now go show yourself in the temple because they had to go through a ritual process, actually a waiting time, to, to be accepted back into the temple worship because leprosy disqualified you from being able to join into the congregation at the temple. As they were going, they were cleansed. As they were going, they were cleansed. They had to go. I'll do one more, and there's just a jillion of them. Um, the woman with the hemorrhage for all of those years, I do not know how this person lived. It's, it's hard for me to imagine that she had any strength whatsoever. But she had to have some help, and there got to be a touch in her heart somehow of faith. Faith will make you do stuff you can't do otherwise. And she began to believe, if I can just touch the edge of his robe, it was probably that wings, that cloak, you know, the, what is it, Malachi 4, the son of righteousness rises with healing in his wings. Wings in the Hebrew there can mean wings, like a bird. It can also mean cloak. And this gal, <laughs> I love this, reached out and touched the healing wings. Jesus did not know who she was. He did not know who did it. He was not kidding when he said, who touched me? That, that's not a game he was playing. He was truly human and did not have omniscience, all knowledge, except when the Holy Spirit gave him that, just like a word of knowledge now. You can have that if you want it. But, or if the Holy Spirit chooses to give it to you, maybe I should say that a little safer, because I want it and I don't get it much. But anyway, <laughs> uh, this, this gal got through the crowd somehow, and again, it just astounds me, and touched his, his clothes, and instantly the hemorrhage stopped, and she knew it. 
I don't know what it felt like. It didn't feel normal. It felt better. She was okay. She was healed. Apparently, when that happened, the Lord sovereignly gave her a blood transfusion of maybe several units, and she felt great. Did you ever get a you ever get bled down and get a couple units of blood? It's good. <laughs> I have. It's, I don't recommend it, but, but if you get down like that, go for it. Um, she was made whole, whole. Now, that's our word, by the way, whole, not fragmented, not pieces, whole. She was made whole by the power of God in response to her faith. And she had to act. And that's just, the, that's the principle. I could go on and on. There's Jesus turning the water into wine and feeding the 5,000 and Moses parting the Red Sea. Elijah and Elisha crosses Jordan and on it goes because, um, well, your salvation, you had to do something. You had to do something. All of us are different. And I remember the guy was telling a story about one of the evangelistic rallies that David Wilkerson uh, conducted in New York City years ago. And, and there was this gang member that was sitting in the back up in the balcony. And uh, when the invitation was given, one of the workers nearby said, uh, you need to go down there. And he said, I don't need to go down there. Next night, you need to go down there. I don't need to go down there. Last night, he said, uh, I'm ready to go down there. And the worker said, you don't need to go down there. But it's our heart. See, his heart moved and moved him into the presence of God is perhaps not more. I, I don't know how this all works, but we see it. We see God moving across the front of this room, and it's like, if I can just get down there, I'll be okay. You know what? Position yourself under God. If he wants you down here, come. If he doesn't, he will fix you where you are if you are willing to come down here. But don't tell him, no, I'm not going to do that. Now, this brings us to how do I move into the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And I'm, I'm reviewing this for two things. I want those of you that have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want you to know that this morning, God will give you this gift. It's not something that you earn. Uh, there's a whole sermon that's the second part of this one on objections to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And uh, I, may, I may preach that again. But I, I haven't, I, I'm not going to this morning. What I want you to see is that God will give you his gifts. And one of the objections is, I'm not good enough. And it's like, and, because we knew that about you. But also, none of us are good enough. How can you be good enough to make a home for the third person of the Trinity? Hello. This is kind of holy, folks. And God does this, and we just have to accept it as a gift. So it's a gift. It's here. Um, the old Pentecostals talked about tarrying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's from the King James 
from Acts, the first chapter, where Jesus says, Tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem. And the end of that was, until you be endued with power from on high in the King James. Tarry ye. Okay, ye means, it, that's plural of you. You all is the way we'd say it where I came from. Now, the, the tarrying thing was stay in Jerusalem, because these guys were from up north in Galilee. Stay here until the Holy Spirit comes. After that, the question was never stay in town until the Holy Spirit comes. The question was, in Acts, the 19th chapter, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And if the answer was no, it was like, okay, laid hands on, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and going about the work. Because the, you see, the work is not being baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's not what we're here for. We are here as evangelists to do the work. The missionary made it very, very clear that we have a partnership with them. And you don't have to go. Uh, they've, they've served in so many different countries, uh, uh, largely... Renee, where, where have you served mostly? In Burkina Faso and, uh, and Flynn in uh, Argentina. More years than, I think, perhaps, than where they're serving now. And so th the thing that they're doing now is all over the world, but it's, it's not a matter of us being able to go because God does not will that most of us go. You may go on a short-term thing and help out, but he sets you up where you are, and most of you who are mature in the Lord know that your job is where you're supposed to be, and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. So we have to get in on the prayer, intercession thing, and in the giving thing, so these that the Lord calls to go can do so. Now, that's great. That is, an, that is a wonderful, wonderful plan. And when the Lord does that, he does it to help us get done what Jesus called for. It is empowered by the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Wait in the city of Jerusalem until the promise comes. And that line in that first chapter there says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Now, all of us have a story to tell if, you, if, you've, if you're saved. If you have received Jesus Christ, that's your witness. Tell your story. Tell your story. I love to tell my story. I told you about the guy I was sitting at a lunch table with, with a, a varied group of, uh, of people. It was supposed to be a faith-based meeting, but this one guy was an, was an atheist, and he's also welcome. So at lunch, in the break of this meeting, uh, we were all telling who we were, and he, you know, just going around the circle, and he said, I'm an atheist, and, and it, you see, I can say, you're crazy. How do you think we got here? You know, I could do that. I'm good for that stuff like that. But, <laughs> but, in, but what is powerful is I have been exactly where you are. And God showed himself to me, and I give three or four details of that story. I still get goosebumps when I think about my own story. And I know that it has that ability on other people because our witness 
is the most powerful thing we have other than the gifts of the Holy Spirit when he chooses to flow through us with whatever gift. Okay, you understand your job? Tell your story. You will tell it more powerfully. You will tell it in better shape than with greater anointing on if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. You say, well, are you saying you're better? No, no. You know better than that. You know us. <laughs> I mean, it'd be like, yeah, yeah. And so I add lie to my other stuff. Um, no, and get over that. You think you're better than us. You say, you're just judging us. You just think you're better. No, you're judging me. You think, I think I'm better than you. Now, smoke that in your little pipe. <laughs> See, it's not about us. It's about Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Dear Lord, get over this business. Okay. I don't feel strongly about that, though. Now, this, this receiving Jesus uh, as the baptizer, and here, here is the deal. When you're saved, Jesus takes you, the candidate, and he is the baptizer into the Holy Spirit, and you come up brand new, new life, but, but it, it, you have the baptism in you, okay? I'm sorry. The Holy Spirit takes you, the candidate, dips you into Jesus Christ. You come up with Jesus Christ. Water baptism, I or some other uh, guy. By the way, I got to baptize four grandkids this week. Oh, my goodness. Is that fun or what? Dear Lord, I may be the richest guy on the planet right now. If not, I'm sure the richest guy in this room. But I took those kids and went, chunk, and the water was cold. And so they come up out of there going, <gasps> but they were wet all over. I put them all the way under. And then, <clears throat> now this is the promise of the Father, and Jesus himself takes you, the candidate, and baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. And you'll probably come up doing <laughs> or something, and it may be all interior. You don't have to have any kind of outside thing except tongues, but, the, but it, it's different. It is different, and it's a gift of God. How do you do this? Okay, let me tell you. Present yourself, and by the way, I'm doing this so that you can help your friends and family members be baptized in the Holy Spirit if they're not a church, okay? There's no need to wait for these gifts. Somebody needs to get saved, teach them to give their life to the Lord and bless them and walk out of there saved together, wherever, you know, the den, the kitchen, wherever. Uh, and do the same thing with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, by the way, Kids Church is a great place for that. Uh, I have a granddaughter present this morning that came out of the kids' church when it was over here in the gym a few years ago, and she says, Papa, I learned to speak in tongues this morning. And I said, yes, that's it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That was a great day in my life because this is a gift from God, and it's for all his kids, all his kids. If If you are... Dealing with someone, say, is there any rebellion in your life, any known sin? And sometimes, rarely, they will say yes. And I, are you ready to deal with that? You ready to get that out? 
And usually since they're trying to present themselves to the Lord, they'll say yes. And so just a two or three sentence prayer, get that dealt with. If they say no, say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to lay hands on you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer where you ask the Father, just based on this scripture, you children, or you, you dads, when your kid comes and asks for a gift, this is what you give them, good stuff. How much more did your heavenly Father give? The Holy Spirit. So you do that, and so here comes um, this prayer. Father, baptize me in the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. And you say, and then you, you lead a prayer and just say, in the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit. Be baptized by Jesus into the Holy Spirit. And then I tell people, okay, now start thanking God for this. And after two or three sentences, I'll say, okay, now don't make it be English. Let back off on the English a little bit. You getting this down? Because I want you to be able to do this. And I want you to come in here and tell us, hey, I, I, I led my, my sister or my brother-in-law or I led my mom or dad or kids into the Holy Spirit. Grandkids, hello. And so then, then you, if, they're, if they don't break into tongues right away, and often they will, they start speaking in tongues. Tongues is an act of faith. And it's a big step from English, for some of us, from English to saying sounds that we don't know what they say and nothing is making us say them. To start saying them, that's a big step. And so I see old Peter, middle of the night, Jesus out here on the water, and, uh, and Peter did a good thing. He said... Uh, if it's you, tell me to come. So Jesus said, come on. And you know what Peter did? He turned around and set his fanny on the edge of that boat and swung his legs around and slid off into, only it was up on the water. Boy, that was a long step. He did it and walked out across there. And I think for some of us, speaking in tongues is that big of a step. Peter did it, however, and so can you. Because here's the thing. Jesus is here, first of all. Secondly, the Holy Spirit will not have you say something weird. He is total wisdom. He is total uh, control. If you think you're going to lose control, God is not a, the author of confusion. Everything be done decently and in order. He is, the Holy Spirit is is very orderly, so let God show you what to say, and you'll get in your speech apparatus a syllable, a sound, say it. You say, well, it's la, la, la. Say it. You have to say it. You're not going to speak in tongues if you don't speak in tongues. Now, that's sharp. Only we don't get it. Because we're so afraid it'll be us or that we'll do something weird. Well, I want to say to you that speaking in tongues is weird. And if you're not willing to be that weird, don't do this because you're just going to be frustrated. You can say, why doesn't God baptize me in the Holy Spirit? Because you won't speak in tongues. 
Now, am I clear? <laughs> I want to be clear because God gives these gifts. He gives these gifts. And when Jesus comes to church, he brings a, a satchel full of gifts. And he's got at least one for every one of us here this morning. If you're not walking with Jesus, he has eternal life. That's the best gift of all. If you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, he has the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And he will take you and baptize you into himself. It's actually the Holy Spirit, but it's like they're all one. And it's, hard to, it's hard to cut them out like, you know, I've tried to do the Trinity thing this morning. It's hard because they're really all one. But this gift is for you. Are you ready? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of your life. We thank you for your...